Stanford University. Design for Exploration is a first-time course that has been taught here at the Exploratorium and at Stanford. And I've been co-teaching the course together with Professor Edmark. Um, and today we've invited all of you, Exploratorium staff, um, uh, students from Stanford, to share our current prototypes. I think what's different about your class and what I really appreciate is that this is not so much about how clever you, the maker, have been in making these, but it's allowing us as visitors to ask questions, to experiment with new ideas, and to look at some of these tools and materials in a new way. And that's really difficult to do, so I congratulate you on getting that far. My understanding is that there's never been a collaboration of this sort between the Exploratorium and the Stanford, and I'm hoping that it's the beginning of many more to come. Uh, these are two great institutions, and to be able to synergize the, the power of the two of them, I think is, is uh, it's an important opportunity. I'm a senior in product design and I made this contraption. Um, the inspiration behind it was a piece that another designer at the Exploratorium made a few, a few years back. Uh, his name was Thomas Humphrey and he made a grid, a large grid, 16 by 16 of light sensitive nightlights from Home Depot and uh, you could rotate them so they could see each other and sometimes it would trigger like really cool emergent behavior such as patterns that would just ripple throughout this grid of lights but they had problems making it happen uh, reliably and also in a way that was fun to interact with. So I decided to take this initial idea and make it into something that was more constrained and more fun to interact with. So here you have three arms with a light sensitive night light uh, at each terminus and um, you just bend the arms until you get it to, the, to a certain configuration, which is fairly easy to accomplish where one light shines into the other light and then they all feed back on each other and make this really cool thing. And it's fun to play with. My name is Purin Panichapan and my exhibit name is uh, Video Echo. Basically how it works is there's a, a camera, a video camera for capturing the image and feeding that live onto the projector. The projector projects onto the table and then the video camera takes, you know, captures that again and it keeps doing that and doing that and then it makes this, um, this effect and you can actually, you know, play with the ball and you can see the sort of a, a wave or a spiral. Um, or you can just use your hands to sort of create this really weird effect going into space. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm Becca Del Monte, and this is my piece. It's called an Oloid. Um, and an Oloid is a geometric form that's made up of two identical circles that intersect each other. So, um, the, the interesting thing is just watching its movement as it rolls. Um, because of the way that they intersect, it can roll smoothly. So, 
the main interaction with the piece is just to push it and um, it works well in an open space, especially with little kids um, and you can just push it back and forth. Uh, my name is Abby and I guess I've been calling this magic plastic but it's really just explorations with dichroic acrylic which is essentially a f small or a thin clear filter on top of acrylic um, that doesn't allow the material to absorb any light so it's continually reflecting and re transmitting light instead of absorbing it like most things and I was trying to relate it to peacock feathers because they do the same thing by not absorbing any light but refracting it at different angles so this piece here is just one single piece of Dichroic, where you can see the range of colors one piece can do, which is about four solid colors. And then here, allowing the user, if you have a light source um, pointed right at the center intersection of two pieces of dichroic acrylic at 90 degrees, you get basically two sets of reflections facing each other, so a pretty intense effect. So you can adjust the lighting from um, you know about 180 degrees this way and if you find an angle that you like you can also rotate it here um, so you essentially get a kaleidoscope effect trying to keep it really simple and focus on the colors and the effects um, to teach people about the material this is called how do movies move and basically I'm showcasing this Geneva mechanism down here which um, turns continuous rotation into periodic motion so you know you continuously crank the crank and the film loop will move one frame at a time. This device was used in like early motion picture devices from the late 19th century. So basically you look in this light box and you see you see the film loop move through. I was kind of looking for a challenge. I'm, I'm an architecture major, so I, I build a lot of models that don't move. So I, I really wanted to, to make something that, that had some kinetic motion to it. So I, I was actually clicking around on Wikipedia and, and got to the page of, of these Geneva drives. And I kind of looked more into it, looked at the, at the early applications, and um, I went from there. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.